Well, hello everyone. Um, my name is Stefan, and for those of you that um, don't know me yet, I'm married to Lizzie. I've got three little daughters that are currently all on the four, um, and I know I could use your press for when they're teenagers. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, we've been part of Jubilee, I think, for over 10 years now, uh, for when we first came on an Alpha course and came to faith. Uh, and yeah, really exciting journey of being born again and everything. Um, I work here for a company called Sanvik, work a lot of data, make PowerPoints, all, all that stuff. And um, today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Daniel 4. Um, but last week we heard from Andrew about Daniel 1, so we're kind of fast forwarding a little bit. Um, and just to kind of give you a sneak preview of what's happening in, in chapter 2 and 3, you might already know, but um, chapter 2 um, mainly deals with Nebuchadnezzar's first dream about the statue and stuff like that. Chapter 3 then deals with the, the fiery furnace and the three lads being thrown in there. And so this week we're fast forwarding to chapter 4 to Nebuchadnezzar's second dream. Um, but we'll start with a little bit of background, um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk what's happening in the passage. Uh, we'll, we'll move on to uh, a little bit of application and, and a bit of response as well. So, um, the passage actually mainly talks about Nebuchadnezzar. Um, I've called him Nebs in there, and I know Lizzie doesn't like it, but yeah, anyway, it's in there. Um, so, it mainly talks about Nebuchadnezzar, really. And, and so, he was born in 642 and he died in, in 562. And, and he came to the throne in 605 at the same time when, when Daniel was exiled. And so there's a lot of other stuff happening. You know, Jeremiah's prophes prophesying, Ezekiel as well, but I haven't put him in there. Um, he has his first dream in, in 602. And then this dream takes, takes place quite a bit later. So according to my calculations, at least 90 years. 19, not 90. Um, and, and so then he, he goes mad for, for seven years as well. Um, so it, it is somewhere after the destruction of Jerusalem, I think. Um, so he's a little bit more established in, in, his, in his reign and probably dealt with some, some threats to, to his, his reign and destroying Jerusalem was, was one of that. Um, and he's generally known as a builder and Andrew already referred to the Hanging Gardens, but he also had some, some violent uh, exploits as well. Um, right, so then just talking a little bit about the passage in Daniel 4. And in it he has another dream. Um, and it, it makes him a little bit afraid actually. And he sees a, a very great tree which reaches up to the top of heaven. You know, uh, animals finding shelter on it, eat the fruit, and birds make nests in their branches. Then comes an angel and, and says, you know, chop it down, but leave, leave a stump and cover it with a bit of a cap. Um, then he wakes up and he asks again, like as in, in chapter 2, for his magicians, astrologers, and, and all those guys to, to interpret the dream, but again, they can't. So he gets Daniel back and, and he, um, he thinks, well, this guy will be able to interpret it because the spirit of the gods is in him. Um, so Daniel interprets it and tells uh, Nebuchadnezzar that he is the tree, that he will lose his kingdom for a while, will go mad, but then we'll receive it back. And the whole purpose really is, oh, if you could go to the next slide, please. Ah, it's him going a bit crazy for seven years. And then next one again, please. Yeah. 
And the purpose, according to the chapter, is that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of man and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. And that's from verse 17. So Daniel then also advises Nebuchadnezzar to stop sinning, do good, show mercy to the oppressed, um, and that there may be perhaps a lengthening of his prosperity. A year later, the, the dream comes to pass, and Nebuchadnezzar goes crazy for seven years. He comes back to his senses, um, receives his kingdom back, and very interestingly, ends up praising God. So that's pretty much the broad storyline of the chapter, but let's have a bit of a look what it, what it really means. So if we, if we look at verse 17, it, it actually appears in, in some sort of form about three times in the chapter, and I think it's quite central. And as you can see, it says, you know, that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and, um, and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. And Jeremiah 27 actually says something very similar. It says, it is I who by my great power and my outstretched arm have made the earth with the men and animals that are on the earth, and I give it to whoever seems right to me. So I think the purpose of, 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 of this is really that God wants Nebuchadnezzar to get this. He wants him to know that he is the true king and he's received the kingdom from him. And I think this has always God, been God's intention um, you know, for, for, for us, for um, God to rule the earth and for kings um, and, and people to have authority under him. Um, yeah. Go to the next slide, please. But in, in his current shape, Nebuchadnezzar cannot receive this truth. And he doesn't, receive, he doesn't recognize that he's received the kingship from God, but instead is proud. And he says, just before he goes insane, he says, is this not great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? And I think pride causes us to be blind to the truth. And so James 4 also says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble so pride is blocking this revelation for Nebuchadnezzar. Um, if we go to the next slide, please. Yeah, but in his mercy, God humbles him so that he can see the truth, so that he can receive the revelation. And we can see a remarkable change here. Um, so I just read out verse 30, but if we then look at verse 37, Nebuchadnezzar goes, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. For all his works are right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he's able to humble. So in his humble state, he now sees the truth for what it is and acknowledges that he was wrong. He sees that God is king and honors him. And he changes his mind, really. So it's really before and after a big change. And he, he repents. So go to the next slide, please. Yeah. So the chapter actually starts with, with these verses. And it says, King Nebuchadnezzar to all peoples, nations, and languages. It has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders which the Most High has done for me. How great are his signs, how mighty are his wonders, and his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, 
and his dominion is from generation to generation. So he responds to the revelation um, by, by sending out a message to all his subjects. Um, and the feeling I get is he kind of, you know, he cannot hold back. It, it kind of, um, he just has to tell people about God and, and what he's done for him. And it just, it just comes out of the revelation he's received. Um, so, yeah, if we go to the next slide, please. So what, where does that leave us? I think in this chapter we've seen how um, God wanted this to Nebuchadnezzar to see the truth. But because he was proud, he, he couldn't receive that revelation. But in his, his humiliation, he changed his mind and he repented. And I think there's a few key learning points from this chapter. Um, and I think the first one is that repentance is, is a powerful tool for breakthrough. And it can be a little bit of a, of a loaded word. But I think if you look at the New Testament, um, it's nothing else than, than changing your mind. It's, it's not so much saying sorry, um, although that could be uh, coming out of, of, of changing your mind. But um, it is really changing your mind. And it's what God, God requires of us. Um, like when, when you're not a follower of Jesus, he, he asks you to change your mind about sin, about God, about the gospel. Um, and if you're a believer, he, he, he asks you to come more and more in line with, with his truth. And we are called to, to renew our mind. And personally, it's been a really helpful tool as well in putting off the old man and putting on the new. And, and putting, on, uh, putting off things like cynicism um, or obsessive behavior and just wrong thinking, really. So it's really a powerful tool for breakthrough. And, but I think there's a few keys that we can take from this passage. Our first one is, is, is the importance in, uh, of humility in receiving the revelation. And the chapter in James, or not the chapter, the verse in James that I already mentioned actually starts with, but he gives more grace. Um, and then goes on to say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I think the point that James is making is that humility is a way of receiving grace. So it's really important. Um, and as well, there's, there's, there's other bits in the Bible, but one that stood out to me was um, Isaiah 57, where it says, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who's contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. And it was in, in his humiliation that Nebuchadnezzar was able to see the truth um, and what God uh, and God was able to work in him, really. Then secondly, I think uh, starting with the truth is also very important. Um, too often, I think we start with, with the end result that we want or with the response. Um, and for example, you, know, you, you might think, oh, I need to spend more, more time with God. And we just think, oh, I'm going yeah, to get on with doing it um, and just you know, pick up my Bible or, or whatever. But I think if we would have a revelation of how amazing God is and that he's the most interesting person of the world, we'd probably end up spending more time with, with him anyway. Um, another one might be if, we, if we're afraid to, of, to talk to people about Jesus because we're afraid of being rejected, um, we could just say, okay, I'm going to just do it anyway, you know, grit your teeth and get on with it. Or you could um, receive a revelation of 
you're, you're so much accepted by God that it doesn't matter what people say and it will just slide off. Um, a third point really, I think, is um, to respond to the revelation. And I think it's an act of faith and it, we don't necessarily have to have a fuzzy feeling inside or even feel the Holy Spirit working, all those, those are amazing things. Um, but because we often, I think we wait for feelings to confirm truth to us, but they only, often only come after we've taken a step of faith or chosen to stand on truth. And when you, when you do that, when you respond and choose to stand on truth, I think then often God acts. Um, again, you know, if you think about uh, coming to faith, and I remember when I came to faith, uh, it, was, it was a clear decision of like, yeah, I think this is truth. This makes sense to me. This, this you know, from a historical point of view, I did uh, studied history, so um, this, this makes sense. So I choose to believe what this is, and, and God, I want you. And then often the feelings come and the experience, and um, God actually made me a new creation, but it was after the step of faith. And the same with, with some of my obsessive behavior, um, it was uh, very much a actually believing the truth. Actually, this is not part of me anymore in a new man. I'm, I'm going to choose to put this off. Um, this is from the enemy. This is not me. Um, and then God confirms that by moving in power. So that was a little bit of, um, of application. Um, I've got some response time plans, but I first um, also have what I feel is a bit of a word. Um, I've spent some time praying uh, the past few weeks and just want to share a little bit of a word, and then we'll move into a bit of response time as well. So when I was praying, I felt that God was saying, I'm removing expectations. I'm breaking the molds, removing burdens, flushing out stagnant waters, and um, the spirit will blow out cobwebs. Um, no longer shall it be said, I'll fill out the blanks, for I will pour waters on the thirsty lands and streams on the dry ground. I want to call out the fullness of every single one of you. Remember who I am. Remember who I've called you to be. Remember. This is a time for freedom, Jubilee. Um, he's already achieved it. And I think you can say, this is my inheritance. Freedom from sin is my inheritance. Freedom from sickness and mental health issues is my inheritance. Freedom from burdens is my inheritance. Sonship is my inheritance. Peace is my inheritance. Fullness of joy is my inheritance. Cool. Um, I don't know if I need, should let that sink in a bit, but... Um, I've also got a little bit of response time planned. Um, I think we have quite a bit of time. And it really follows on for, for, um, from the word from Steve a few weeks ago um, about that there's rocks in the way that are blocking the flow of the spirit. So I think let's make a little bit of time to, to deal with that. And I've, I've come up with a few steps. And I think the first one is to, to position our hearts before him. So to come lowly, simply, before him, come as you are, come with nothing to offer. Uh, come with your mess if there is anything, it's the right place to bring it to. 
and then make a little bit of time to, to ask God what your rocks are. Maybe you already know. Um, ask him what lies you may be living under and tell him how you feel about it, really. Um, Gemma came to me, uh, Pete's wife, before this, for the service earlier, and she said there might be some rocks that people have that they don't even know what they are and they feel they're too heavy to lift. Just come to him with that. That's completely fine. He's more than able to handle it. And then thirdly, uh, ask God to show you the truth. John 8.32 says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Don't overthink it. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. So if you're a sheep, you can hear his voice. Um, Fathers, you already may know the truth. Just might need to sink down from here to here. Um, And again, it's helpful to speak things out and also in in your response, because that's number four. And it's breaking agreement with any lies if there's anything and choosing to believe the truth. And it's helpful then to say, actually, God, I I, I choose to stop believing the lie um, that you are a harsh father or um, that it's all about what I do or whatever. And if there's unforgiveness, it's also um, helpful to forgive those people. And again, to say, Father, I choose to forgive this person for hurting me or doing this or that. And then I think it's time to just renounce the issue and, um, and cut off the ownership, really. It's, it's no longer part of who you are. Um, it's no longer part of, of the new man in Christ, really. And then fifthly, just receive from him. Spend some time receiving from him and enjoying him. So that was it, really. Um, so if we could have the bands come up and just play a little bit of background, then we can do uh, a little bit of business with God. Um, if you want to come forward for prayer and have some people to pray with you, that's fine as well. Also perfectly fine to, be, to stay in your seats. If we can get the next slide up, Kat, that we have got... Right. I know it's a lot of text, but it might be helpful for you just to get back to that if needed. Steve just asked me to read out the prophecy again, um, so that's what I'll do. So I felt God saying, like, I'm removing expectations, breaking the mold, removing burdens, flushing out stagnant waters, and the spirit blowing cobwebs out. And no longer shall it be said, and I fill out the blanks, for I will pour waters on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I want to call out the fullness of every single one of you. Remember who I am. Remember who I've called you to be. Remember. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, I really feel it's a time for freedom, Jubilee. He's already achieved it. This is my inheritance. Freedom from sin is my inheritance. Freedom from sickness and mental health is my inheritance. Freedom from burdens is my inheritance. Sonship is my inheritance. Peace is my inheritance. And fullness of joy is my inheritance. Cool. Yeah, the prophecy that that I brought a couple of weeks ago was, um, I think God just gave me a picture of um, like a stream. And it was like a picture of, of who we are as a church. And there's like a, just a trickle of water. So if you think of the Holy Spirit as being water being poured out. So there's just a trickle at the moment on us, flowing through us. 
and actually then he showed me that further upstream there were rocks in the stream blocking off the flow. And those are things that we've all got that get in the way of the spirit flowing through us swiftly and cleanly and powerfully. And I guess um, what Stephen wants us to think about a bit is what rocks... I mean, we all know, don't we? I mean, I know what's in my life that gets in the way of God working. We all know. So let's just have a moment just to think about those things, those rocks that get in the way of God flowing in our lives. And then let's, let's do that first of all. Let's just close our eyes. Just focus on those rocks that are in our lives. There might be things that we've put there, but there might be things that other people have put there or that circumstances have put there. Just think on them. Identify them. And I think we can now say to God, I don't want that rock or those rocks. I don't want them to be there and in the way. So I ask you to take them, Lord. So why don't you just do that? And the next thing to do is, is to, it's a fancy word, is renounce those things. It's to say, I want to leave that behind. I've given that thing, those things to you. And I don't want to go back there. I don't want to pick them up again. Please help me with that, Lord. Okay, and as Stephen said, God's got some really good things for each one of us. So now just listen for his voice. Just listen. God will want to say something to you now. Just have your spiritual ears open and just listen. Say, what, Lord, do you want to say to me? Might help to put your hands out to, in an attitude of receiving. Whatever helps. <laughs> 